one. Welcome to the Small Business Commission meeting on September 26, 2022. The meeting is being called to order at 4.32 p.m. This meeting is being held in person in City Hall, room 400, and broadcast live on SFGov TV and available to view online or listen to by, list by calling 415-655-0001. As authorized by California Government Code, Section 54953E in Mayor Breed's 45th Supplement to her February 25th, 2020 Emergency Proclamation, it is possible that some members of the Small Business Commission may attend this meeting remotely. In that event, those members will participate and vote by video. The Small Business Commission thanks Media Services and SFGov TV for televising the meeting, which can be viewed on SFGov TV 2 or live streamed at sfgovtv.org. We welcome the public's participation during public comment periods. There will be an opportunity for general public comment at the end of the meeting, and there will be an opportunity to comment on each discussion or action item on the agenda. For each item, the commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person, and then from people attending the meeting remotely. Members of the public who will be calling in, the number is 415-655-0001. The access code is 2483-290-8494. Press pound and then pound again to be added to the line. When connected, you will be muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up, dial star three to be added to the speaker line. If you dial star three before public comment is called, you'll be added to the queue. When you are called for public comment, please mute the device that you were listening to the meeting on. When it is your time to speak, you will be prompted to do so. Public comment during the meeting is limited to three minutes per speaker. An alarm will sound once time has finished. Speakers are requested but not required to state their names. SFGov TV, please show the Office of Small Business slide. The San Francisco Small Business Commission and Office of Small Business Staff acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramaytush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramaytush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramaytushaloni community, and by affirming their sovereign rights as first peoples. Please call item number two. Item one, roll call. Sorry. Uh, Commissioner Carter. Here. Commissioner Dickerson. Present. Commissioner Herbert is absent. Commissioner Huey? Here. President Laguana? Here. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena is absent. Vice President Zuzunas is also absent, but you have quorum. Great. Uh, next item, please. Item two, approval of legacy business registry applications and resolutions. This is a discussion and action item. The commission will discuss and possibly take action to approve legacy business registry applications. Presenting today, we have Richard Carrillo, legacy business program manager with the Office of Small Business. Hi, Rick. Good afternoon, President Laguana, commissioners, city staff, members of the public. 
I'm Richard Carrillo, Legacy Business Program Manager. I would like to acknowledge Michelle Reynolds, who helps with the Legacy Business Program and with marketing and communications for the Office of Small Business. Michelle was instrumental in helping review, collate, and process the Legacy Business Registry applications before you today. SFGovTV, I have a PowerPoint presentation. Before you today are six applications for your consideration for the Legacy Business Registry. Each application includes a staff report, a draft resolution, the application itself, and a case report and resolution from the planning department. The applications were submitted to planning on August 24th and heard by the Historic Preservation Commission on September 21st. Item 2A is Blazing Saddles, Bike Rentals, and Tours. The business is a bike rental and tour company with multiple locations in Fisherman's Wharf. Blazing Saddles was originally founded under that name in 1994. In 2002, the business was sold to American Scooter and Cycle Rental Inc., which was founded in 1988 and has a history that extends back to 1982. Since the name of the business remained Blazing Saddles after the sale, the official lineage of the business is considered the Blazing Saddles lineage. However, the American Scooter and Cycle Rental lineage is a critical component of the company's history. Blazing Saddles has the largest fleet of rental bikes in California and is the recognized leader in bike tours over the Golden Gate Bridge. Riders can follow self-guided tours or join guided tours led by Blazing Saddles staff. The business is actively involved in the community and has been official partners for many events. The core feature tradition the business must maintain to remain on the legacy business registry is tour company featuring bicycle rentals. Item 2B is Café La Boheme. The business was founded in 1973 and has served the mission as a creative hub for artists, writers, poets, dancers, musicians, politicians, and activists. Café La Boheme is, is a thriving culture and creative hub where people can engage with one another and discuss current issues, whether local or international, and experience the living art of the, of the mission through poetry performances and local art exhibitions. Café La Boheme offers an extensive menu of foods and beverage items that has changed minimally throughout the years. Sometimes referred to as the living room of the mission, Café La Boheme attracts a diverse, diverse customer base and has become a popular destination for tourists and locals alike. The core feature tradition the business must maintain is coffee shop. Item 2C is Club Deluxe. The business is a live music and cocktail bar founded in 1978, located near the intersection of Haight and Ashbury Streets. It was originally called the Deluxe Bar, and it was one of several gay bars in Haight-Ashbury. In 1989, the bar was taken over by Jay Johnson and renamed Club Deluxe. The business became an important part of San Francisco's live music scene. The interior of the business retains the feel of a 1930s to 1950s oasis with wood-paneled walls, circular mirrors, cafe-style tables, and murals painted in a New, Delhi, a New Deal era style. In August of 2022, Club Deluxe announced its imminent closure due to the inability to agree on a fair and feasible lease with their landlord. After a mediation with District 5 Supervisor Dean Preston on August 22nd of this year, which included mentions of the Legacy Business Program, Club Deluxe and the property owner reached an agreement allowing the Jazz and Blues Club to remain in its home. 
The core feature tradition the business must maintain is bar. Item 2D is Hotel Boheme. The business is a boutique hotel located in North Beach, established in 1991. Hotel Boheme was inspired by the writers and artists of the Beat Generation with the interior of the hotel designed as a stylized recreation of the late 1950s, recreation of the late 1950s. The rooms are thoughtfully arranged with cast iron beds, large mirrored armoires, and memorabilia recalling the Beat Generation. There are also 35 museum quality photographs taken in North Beach in the 1950s and 1960s by Jerry Stoll. The building that houses Hotel Boheme was constructed not long after the 1906 earthquake and fire in the Italianate architectural style. The core feature tradition the business must maintain is hotel. Item 2E is Larkin's Brother Tire Company. The business is an automotive services company established in 1950. When first founded, Larkin's Brothers Tire Company primarily sold new and reconditioned tires until 1986 when ownership changed and the business expanded to include full automotive services. Thanks to a loyal customer base, the store is open six days a week with over a dozen full-time employees to better serve the San Francisco Bay Area. Many of these employees have stayed with the company for 20 to 30 years. The business has also been able to establish a customer account with the city and county of San Francisco, servicing their service vehicles. The core feature tradition the business must maintain is automotive services. Item 2F is Mariposa Hunters Point Yacht Club. The organization is a nonprofit membership club dedicated to sailing and community service in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Mariposa Hunters Point Yacht Club was established in 1974 when the Mariposa Boat Club, Mariposa Ramp Club, and Hunters Point Yacht Club consolidated under the collective goals of promoting good sportsmanship, providing docking, and arranging cruises, regattas, and other activities that increase interest in small craft boating. The roots of the Yacht Club date back to 1932 when the Mariposa Boat Club and the Mariposa Ramp Club were founded. The Mariposa Hunters Point Yacht Club welcomes an average of 30 to 40 members and guests per day that may utilize the club's on-site boating facilities, patio, and atmospheric clubhouse to host or attend indoor and outdoor events. The organization is also a member of the Pacific Interclub Yacht Association, which fosters communication and cooperation among the 100 yacht and boat clubs in Northern California. The core feature tradition the business must maintain is promotion of recreational boating. All six businesses met the three criteria required for listing on the Legacy Business Registry, and all six received positive recommendation from the Historic Preservation Commission. Legacy Business Program staff recommends adding the businesses to the registry and has drafted six resolutions for your consideration. A motion in support of the businesses should be framed as a motion in favor of the resolutions. Thank you. This concludes my presentation. We're happy to answer any questions, and there are business represent rep representatives in the room and possibly online who would like to speak on behalf of the applications during public comment. Can you guys hear me? There we go. Um, great, thank you, Rick. Uh, commissioners, do we have any questions? Okay, is there uh, anyone who'd like to make public comment on item number two, approval of legacy business registry applications? If you could all, if you wanna make public comment, feel free to just stand up and 
stand on the side until it's your turn. Uh, I would like to formally welcome former Small Business Commission <laughs> President Stephen Adams. Uh, please, Stephen. Good, e good evening, uh, President Iguana, and it's great to see everybody back here in City Hall. Commissioner Dixon, I get to see you live and in person. It's great to see you. And Executive, T Executive Director Tang, welcome. Um, it's a pleasure to be here, and I want to say thank you. Um, also to Rick Curlio. Um, I'm here in support of Larkin Brothers Tire on South Van S. Um, Jason, here in the room, he purchased the business from his father, who's bought the business from the Larkin Brothers in the 1980s. Um, and the business, that iteration of the business starts in the 1950s, but the business itself goes back into the 1860s. I mean, that's truly a San Francisco legacy business. And I'm so proud of Jason and, and all his forebears are looking down that he kept this business in San Francisco. Most of his employees are from the neighborhood. They're from San Francisco. Um, it, it, it's awesome. And so I'm here that you approve Larkin Brothers Tire as a legacy business. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any other public comment? Please. Hi, um, commissioners. I'm Jeff Sears from Blazing Saddles, Bike Rentals and Tours. And uh, I'd first like to say thank you to Supervisor Peskin for nominating us for this legacy business designation. And secondly, I would like to thank Richard and Michelle for helping uh, us navigate through the application process. They really did a great job. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, Back in 1978, when I was in high school at George Washington High School, my mother was able to uh, get me a job at Fisherman's Wharf uh, as a crab cracker uh, to help uh, pay the bills and do my share. And that was my introduction to the tourism in industry in San Francisco. Uh, my wife and I were married in the early 80s and immediately started a bicycle business shortly after that down at the wharf, and we've been there ever since. Our son has uh, recently started taking over most of the management of the business, and he and his uh, lovely wife, Sean and Ioana, they're expecting their first uh, baby, so that's four generations here, and we're really excited uh, that they're expanding the family, and we look forward to uh, having them run the business and us uh, having a little more free time. So thank you for considering our nomination. Thanks. Thank you. Is there any other uh, public com comment on item number two? We have callers online. If there's a person in the room, please come up. Okay. Take your time, no rush. I am Margarita Torres, the current Commodore of the Mariposa Hunters Point Yacht Club. We're 90 years old, um, and we do, besides the boating and the maritime, which is what we're focused on, we also do a lot of community outreach and donations to, um, once a month, to a, a particular charity. And I'm proud to say that this month, last Saturday, we raised over $2,000 for Muttville. So our charities range from Red Cross, Muttville, Junior Giants, 
you know, uh, women on water and all these other maritime things. So we do, we're very proud of, of our thumbprint and we want to stay by the water and be part of San Francisco. Thank you so much for considering our application. Thank you. Are there any other public commenters in the room? Okay, we'll uh, go to the callers, please. Hi, my name is Saliba Fadul. Um, I am speaking on behalf of Cafe La Bohem. Uh, Cafe La Bohem was established in 1973 and is one of the few original San Francisco coffee houses left in the mission. My family actually purchased La Bohem just a year before I was born. And on the night of my birth, my father was hosting what would become the iconic near weekly poetry readings. Since our ownership, La Bohem has become a place for not just my family, but the entire Latino and San Francisco community, a place where poets, activists, and politicians alike all meet and prepare for their readings, marches, and campaigns. A de facto community center, Lovellhim embodies the original ideas and roots of our great city, that everybody is welcome, everybody is family, and everybody needs to stand together. We believe Lovellhim stands on a stark reminder against the massive gentrification that's happening in the Mission District, as we continue to this day to be the original 1973 living room that was established. As immigrants themselves, my parents, Awad and Jackie, I've built Lobelheim as a place for everyone to feel loved, welcomed, and safe. From book choreographers to exams to poetry readings, Lobelheim is an institution for everyone to come and meld their cultural and creative minds into amazing works enjoyed by people in the city and in the country and around the world. Lobelheim has been the backdrop for so many of my families and our extended community families' memories. From weddings to wakes, the community always knows that they have a place at our table here at Lobelheim. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any more callers? Next caller, please. Hello, um, my name is Carolyn Monte. I'm president and CEO of San Francisco Heritage. San Francisco Heritage is proud to support Club Deluxe legacy business application. This is a well-deserved recognition of their contribution to the cultural heritage of the Haight-Ashbury neighborhood. We were very honored to partner with the city's legacy business program and supervisor Dean Preston's office to support the owners of Club Deluxe with their legacy business application. We fully support their joining the legacy business registry. Thank you for the opportunity to call in and provide this testimony. Thank you. Next caller, please. Caller, feel free to uh, proceed. Hi. Um, hi, all. My name is Luna, and I'm calling to support Awad, his family, and Cafe La Boheme. I just wanted to say how much of a staple level one has been to the mission, myself and the Latino community. When I first moved back to San Francisco, I want to say back in 2007, it was a space that my parents found community, joy, laughter, banter, and more. Uh, both my parents and I made lifelong relationships with those that came religiously to La Boheme. 
I believe it's not only an important place to myself, but to those in the community who are finding a home far away from home. The community gathered uh, there to have beautiful events that are later shown either at La Boheme or shared throughout the rest of the neighborhood, which is really important. It's a safe space to plan and execute community gatherings and Awad and his family have really given back to, to the community by just letting us gather there and be amongst each other. I could go on about how this is a staple to the community, but anyone who has grown up in the mission has worked with and has worked with the community can and will tell you themselves how this has been a safe space for artists, poets, event planners, event planners and community organizers. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Next caller, please. Hello, commissioners. My name is Lori Fadul. I am the daughter of Awad and Jacqueline Fadul, the owners of Cafe La Boheme. This cafe has been proudly serving San Francisco's Mission District for a little over 45 years. And of those 45 years, I am honored and blessed to have been present for a little over half of that time. My family took ownership of this cafe when I was three years old. And for the last 27 years, this cafe has been a place we all call our second home. So much so, my dad to this day loves to call this place his third child. Cafe Level M raised me in so many ways. I've met countless people from poets, authors, and musicians to politicians, professors, and businessmen and women, all who have single-handedly had a hand in building who I am today and the woman that I am today. If it weren't for this cafe, the community, and the culture, I would not be as rich in knowledge. Getting the cafe to become a legacy business would mean the world to not only my family, but the San Francisco and Bay Area community as a whole a community I'd like to refer to as my second family. Acquiring this legacy bid would be the icing on the cake to all the tireless efforts my family and I have put into keeping the integrity of the cafe alive all these years. Thank you for considering our application. Thank you. Is there any other callers? There are no other callers. Okay. Commissioners, do we have any uh, comments on our legacy business nominees? Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. I just want to um, thank all the applicants that are here, all the people that called in, all the people that took the time. Um, two special shout outs, obviously, God for La Boheme. I mean, that's, that's our baby city hall on 24th Street. Like, so much stuff gets born, gets activated out of that space. And, and the ownership, I mean, that family's just been always beautiful to the community. And that's what that's what small business is, like a place where community can thrive, have a place to be nourished. It's just a beautiful space, so I'm so excited that it's here today. Um, Larkin Tires, I just met the owners. It's always been a staple, you know, hate to say it, but you know, I peel out once in a while, so <laughs> I need tires, I need tires. So y'all always been there, and since I was a little kid, that was a place to go get your tires. So I'm excited for both of the businesses and all the businesses today. Thank you. Commissioner Huey. I also wanted to just congratulate all of you for um, being in business for so many generations. And, um, you know, I work in and have always kind of worked in family businesses, in our family businesses. And um, it's a really special place to be able to raise my kids, um, kind of starting from, I think, as soon as you can start doing anything you're kind of tasked to do something. And, um, you know, it really shows them what community really is. And, like, to be able to come into the 
store or into the office or into the shop or into the restaurant or wherever it is and feel like all those people around them are home is a real gift. So thank you very much for thriving in San Francisco, growing your business here, com being committed here. And um, yeah, it makes me so excited. It makes me so proud. And I love this portion of our, um, of our task. So thank you very much and congratulations. Thank you. Commissioner Carter. I also want to congratulate all the legacy businesses here today um, to make it this far in San Francisco and just being a part of the fabric of what makes San Francisco, San Francisco. This is also one of my favorite things to do. Um, I'm a city kid. I love mom and pops. <laughs> so um, yeah, congratulations again to, to all of you. Thank you. Commissioner Dickerson. Definitely congratulations to all of you. I, as a small business here in San Francisco, you all are like the people that we all look up to, the small businesses who have been open for two years, five years, 10 years. And I uh, wanna just honor your persistence, your commitment. I know sometimes it feels like I gotta do this job because I gotta pay bills, but I just want to broaden your perspective of these small businesses, you know, they bring a lot of value to the community. And for people to be able to keep coming back, being able to depend on you, being able to know that when they need that bike to ride or they need that coffee to sip, they can come back and see the same people. And you can ask about the kids and the family and the dog. All of those things are so important to uh, the city of San Francisco especially. So I just want to say congratulations. Thank you for your persistence, perseverance, long-suffering, the joy you bring, the asset you bring to the city of San Francisco. So thank you. Thank you. You know, uh, I think, f first I'd, I'd like to give a shout out to the two companies that are really um, on this list that are, that are helping to attract people to come to San Francisco, Blazing Saddles and Hotel Behem. Um, Blazing Saddles in particular, you have such a, a visible presence in this city um, and make such a huge contribution to the experience that visitors have. You, you can't drive down Golden Gate Bridge without seeing your bikes all over the place and uh, even into Sausalito and, and it gives visitors something to do. Um, it's also uh, on the leading edge of, of bike culture and uh, a more sustainable future for the city. So I, I can't commend uh, the work that you've done enough uh, making this city a more fun place to visit. And I appreciate everything that you guys have done. Uh, I want to echo Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena's comments about Cafe La Boheme. We're so lucky to have these community spaces uh, that help bring people together, to connect people together. Uh, it's been an extraordinary contribution to the mission community. Uh, so many ideas, as, as Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena uh, mentioned, have, have come out of there. So many um, important changes to our city, so, many, so much important community building. Um, and it's so lovely to see that kind of business thrive and succeed for such a long time. Um, with respect to Hunter's Point Yacht Club, I want a job there because I want to be Commodore. 
That's the coolest job title I think I've ever heard here, Commodore. Like, that's so rad. Um, no, it's, it's uh, an amazing place for, for again, for, for people to gather and an important part of the culture of San Francisco. But uh, last, but certainly in my mind, not least, um, if there's one business I have personally probably spent more money at than any other business, it is Larkin's Brothers Tire Company. Um, and I want to give a, a big shout out to Jason and his brother-in-law, Randy, uh, who, um, you know, for those of you that don't know, I run a little van rental company. And uh, I've been, uh, our, our vehicles have gone there for tires uh, off and on for now approaching two decades. Uh, I recently seem to be running over nails all the time, so I take my personal car there all the time. It's a very quick turnaround, uh, really great staff. Everybody there is fully professional. Um, and what I, I think I really appreciate about you guys coming up uh, today in particular is it's taught me that I should never run a van to Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena <laughs> uh, because, um, uh, my goodness, that's our worst nightmare. <laughs> so uh, uh, with that, uh, congratulations to all of you. It really does, it, it, as, as, as some of the other commissioners mentioned, this is the highlight of our work here. Oh, uh, and lest I forget, uh, Club Deluxe. The legacy business appointment for that business in particular was critical to that business's survival because they were on the verge of losing their lease with their landlord. And I want to give a shout out to Supervisor Preston and the uh, legacy business team for uh, working very hard to get them through the process as, as quickly as possible. So Rick, thank you for all your hard work on that. Uh, but this legacy business ap um, uh, appointment soon to be, hopefully pending a vote, uh, was a critical part of them being able to renegotiate a, a lease with their landlord and continue on as a business, and that was very much in doubt. And for the music community, of which I consider myself a member, that would have been a, a terrific and horrendous loss. Um, so, um, you know, I think it's, it's uh, an example of legacy business program at its best. Um, I want to thank OSB staff for their work on that, Supervisor Preston and uh, Rick and your team on, on the legacy business uh, team. Uh, thank you. Uh, and uh, Club Deluxe, we're, we're very excited uh, that you are here before us today and we're very excited to see you continue. Uh, so with that, do we have a motion? Uh, I make a motion to approve all the legacy business. Oh, sorry, I didn't see your oh, name. Sorry. Commissioner Ortiz Cartiana, did you? Oh, okay. <laughs> Got it. Oh, should I? Yeah, go ahead, please. I'm sorry. <laughs> I make a motion to approve all of the legacy business uh, applicants. Mm -hmm. I'll second that motion. I'll call the roll. Commissioner Carter? Aye. Commissioner Dickerson? Yes. Commissioner Herbert's absent. Commissioner Healy? Yes. President Laguana? Yes. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena? Yes. Vice President Zazunas is absent. Motion passes. Great. Thank you, everybody. Congratulations. Congratulations.
Okay, next item, please. Item three, Board of Supervisors, file number 220970, waiver of permit license and business registration fees for certain small businesses. This is a discussion and action item. The commission will discuss and may take action on an ordinance amending the program established in ordinance 14321, waiving certain first year permit license and business registration fees for certain businesses, retroactive to November 1st, 2021. Presenting today, we have Anna Herrera, legislative aide to Supervisor Ronan. Hello. Hi, Hi Anna, welcome. Good afternoon. Okay, first time here, sorry, I'm getting used to this echo. Yeah. Um, good afternoon, commissioners. Thank you for having me. My name is Anna Herrera, and I'm a legislative aide for District 9 Supervisor Hillary Ronan. Um, and I am here to talk about legislation that Supervisor Ronan recently introduced to extend and expand the first year free program. You heard updates about the first year free pro program last month when Amanda Freed and Hafiza Salabai from the Treasurer and Tax Collector's Office presented to you, so hopefully this is a helpful refresher. As you know, First Year Free is a program to support and revive San Francisco's small businesses as the city continues to recover from the pandemic. The program waives the costs of initial registration fees, license fees, first year permit, and other applicable fees for qualifying businesses. To date, the program has enrolled over 1,700 businesses and waived over $375,000 in fees since it began last November. By all accounts, the program's been very popular and successful, and Supervisor Ronan would like to take this opportunity to expand the program so that even more businesses can qualify. Based on feedback from the treasurer and tax collector's office, along with the Office of Small Business, the legislation will do the following. It will extend the qualifying enrollment period through June 30th, 2023. It will also expand eligibility for small businesses from two million to five million in max gross receipts. And it will eliminate the ground floor limitation so that businesses such as food trucks can also qualify. The Treasurer and Tax Collector's Office estimates that over 900 businesses would benefit from these changes, and we're excited that we're excited for this. So, as we know, that overcoming the pandemic can't be done in one year alone. Uh, we know several of you on the commission have been really great supporters on the program from its inception, and have provided a lot of feedback and outreach when it first began. So, we're looking forward to your continued support. And I am here if you have any more questions. Great. Commissioners, do you have any questions? Commissioner Huey. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here today. Um, I don't really have any questions necessarily, but I wanted to just um, kind of share, I guess, recently there was um, a, I guess, an aspiring young business who had reached out and um, she has this like almond butter business that she started during the pandemic and she was really excited about it and she's hoping to kind of um, formalize her business even further and um, somebody like her she hasn't um, she hasn't found a kitchen like a commercial kitchen yet but she really wants to kind of become a small business and so I was encouraging her to look into San Francisco as the place to register her business because um, you know she kind of has choices right she has choices to be able to register in South City or Daly City or other municipalities and um, but she her hope is really to grow a business in San Francisco 
Um, would her business be considered kind of like a first year free business in this expansion? Um, I, so I guess I do have a question. Sorry, <laughs> I had a story and then it led into a question. Yes, yeah, so because we're expand because currently it's it's slated to end this month, mm -hmm. so this will expand it through June 2023. So I think as long as she registers within this period and files during this period, it would she would qualify. Okay, so even though she doesn't have kind of like a brick and mortar, like I mean she she oh, is hoping to. I mean her business is really best catered for like farmers markets or other types of like collective selling, probably since it's product. Yeah, I don't. Oh, is it me? Oh, Amanda's here. Oh my God, I was like, I wish Amanda were here. <laughs> Hi, good evening. Sorry, I came in just a little bit late. Amanda Freed from the Treasurer's Office. Um, yes, with the proposed legislation, the definition is expanding. So currently, it's very specifically for ground floor commercial use, which is really more like a retail or restaurant kind of defined. Um, there is a proposal to expand that more generally. So something like a commercial kitchen, as long as they're under the gross receipts threshold, would, would likely qualify. I say likely because... Um, there, there's always specifics, so there's there could always be a reason, and we're happy to go through um, some a specific case with a business, um, but we just want to make sure that they they register within the time period is the most important thing, and that they um, you know don't say oh I actually started in like 2020, because mm -hmm. okay. that would disqualify them. Yeah, no, I mean I think um, you know my after having had this experience like speaking with her and like she seemed really excited about this program. And I just kind of thought about like how businesses of her scale and of, you know, and starting in this period, this would be like an ideal kind of situation to, to attract a business like that, you know, because waiving the first year fees would be really significant for somebody who's just kind of taking the leap. And, um, you know, she's, she may not have a street side presence of her own yet, but she would be really, you know, she's already going to be in farmer's markets and things like that. So um, so hopefully in your expansion, I was just hoping to kind of put that in your ear that, you know, there are a lot of um, just businesses in general where in the past San Francisco has felt like a hurdle. And I would love for them to be more just attracted to the idea of coming to San Francisco and registering their business here. Um, not to take away from any other municipality, but I do love San Francisco, so <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Amanda. <laughs> you done? Okay. Uh, Commissioner Ortiz, Cartagena. Thank you, Anna, for the presentation. Um, I just want to commend Supervisor Ronan. This has been a real dope program. Like, I know sometimes the fee seems nominal, but it just helps our small business like, you know what, it must be the time, it's a sign if the fees are waived. You know, for retail it doesn't have a big financial impact, but sometimes it's just that little push of like, if the city's with me on this, then let's do it. And for businesses, my organization, Clutch has helped, especially restaurants or cafes, this is a huge financial like burden is lift. Like those $20,000 that, you know, in DPH and all the runaround, mm -hmm. That's significant. That's really significant, and, and it's been really the, um, 
just that that little extra help, that little extra push that that the city needs and needed at a, such a critical time. And and you know, it's to me in my in my head, it's not even like we lost fees because for 1,100 businesses that let's say half probably would not have started a business maybe if with without this legislation. Um, just think about the revenue, the sales tax revenue that we've generated and the jobs that we've created and the vacant storefronts that we've activated and the mission. This has been huge. This has been huge. And, and I wish we could even do more. But this is just awesome. And I just want to say that. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you. Commissioner Carter. I just want to say how much I love this ordinance. <laughs> yeah, this is this is great for marginalized communities. I know for um, for my nonprofit SF Black Wall Street, we just graduated our third. Well, we're starting on our third cohort, and um, this will mean so much to very small businesses to be able to not have to worry about um, those fees. And we also should be doing more um, to make. San Francisco um, easier and welcoming for small businesses, for people to want to do business in San Francisco so that we can have more legacy businesses. You know, it, it also diversified what our small business, um, our small businesses look like in communities. So I would love to see this extended. I would love to see, um, where is it, number three? Um, where did it go? Number three, yeah, to remove the requirement that the business be located on the ground floor. Um, I would love to see that removed. <laughs> yeah, We're is, hopefully if this happens, it will yeah, be. <laughs> this, is, this is really great, so thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you. Uh, Director Tang. Thank you. Uh, I really just wanted to echo everyone's comments here and appreciate Supervisor Ronan's office and, and you, of course, Donna, for um, spearheading this uh, extension and expansion legislation, uh, we probably, I would, and I also want to thank my permit center team because they are, this is probably the top question they ask uh, of every business, you know, have you heard of first year free and they check their eligibility. It really is a huge lifesaver for so many of these businesses and a huge incentive. So really want to appreciate, um, we were so thrilled when we heard that um, Supervisor Ronan was going to uh, introduce this to continue the program. Uh, we also are grateful um, for your partnership and working on some additional amendments to try to broaden the uh, scope of permits to be covered even, even more so than the current program. So thank you and of course thank you to um, Amanda at the Treasurer and Tax Collector's Office. Thank you. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. Yeah, I just want to add, Amanda, God sent, you're probably the only one that would have been in your department that has the empathy to understand small business, so it's like you were the perfect person from your department to do this, and I want to highlight that because if anybody's ever dealt with your department, they know. So, thank you. Uh, so I, I want to echo everybody's praise of uh, Supervisor Ronan and uh, the work that she did getting this legislation across the finish line. Um, thank you as well for uh, your work spearheading this on behalf of the supervisor and for coming down and speaking with us today. Also a big thank you to Amanda at Tax and Treasury for all the work uh, that you've been doing even um, while on vacation when I've pestered you. Um, about stuff, so uh, that is very much appreciated. Um, uh, you know, a, a, a couple things. So first of all, that the expansion is absolutely very much welcome. Um, I also appreciate 
your receptiveness to uh, possible amendments. Um, I don't think, uh, I, I won't speak for my other commissioners, but we're, um, I, I, I think we're inclined to just be supportive in, in this hearing, um, knowing that those conversations are, are ongoing. Uh, but I will say, uh, uh, I think for the benefit of the public, some of whom might be listening in or who may review this later, um, the fees that get, that get waived by this are typically not the lion's share of mm -hmm. the fees. It's, it's, um, uh, there's some pretty significant fees that are not waivable under this legislation. And, uh, you know, it, uh, the 325,000 we, we had, I think it was 5 million that was originally budgeted for the six. It was 12, but it got, before it passed, um, by the time it passed, I think it was at five when it, when it finally, uh, when the mm -hmm. budget was finally done. So, um, you know, spread across 1,700 uh, businesses that applied for this, it was average of $220. Um, the expansion of 900 would, uh, potentially, I mean, if assuming that average held up, which it might not, I, I mean, uh, presumably businesses with larger gross receipts might have larger fees, but if we extrapolated that same 220 uh, across the 900, we're talking about another 200,000, um, we're still well under 1 million. If that 500 or uh, 5 million was, was the final budget, um, we'd actually have room to, um, include or, or cover another 20,000 businesses if we could expand it to um, just all businesses uh, that were applying for these permits. Now, giant caveat, I recognize that these fees aren't always going to average out to mm -hmm. $220, uh, but, um, you know, I, I think that there is a lot of uh, room for expansion here. Um, also, uh, you know, I, I think you might have heard about this, but, um, I've become aware of businesses, um, even some in the supervisor's district, that had started the permit process before the pandemic, but weren't able to complete. And then the pandemic interrupted uh, their uh, plans, uh, for lack of a better word, <laughs> interrupted all of our plans, to be honest. Uh, and so they put everything on hold. Um, and then when they heard about this program, they got you know, sort of inspired and, and excited and, and thought that it would be a good time to pick up the mantle again. Um, and then we're, we're disappointed to discover that because they had filed for the original permit prior to the dates on this time, uh, that they weren't able to avail themselves of it. And, and even though the, the benefit is fairly modest, still when you're looking at significant fees on the other side, every last little bit helps. And, and of course, um, it's so critical that we get our economy back up and going and, and encourage every business that we mm -hmm. can um, to get back up and going because uh, we are trailing the rest of the country um, in terms of, of new business openings. We're still, I think, um, operating at a net loss that we're losing more businesses than uh, we're actually gaining. So, um, you know, I, I had a conversation with Controller Rosenfeld earlier today um, he uh, recommended, uh, Amanda, that I, I uh, speak with you and, and that um, maybe we start to zero in on, on what the uh, total universe of fees that we collect, um, what, how much does that total out to, like if, if over the past, I don't know, trailing 12 months. Um, 
and start to get our heads around the fact about whether um, we could afford or potentially have room to expand it even more than um, was contemplated. Um, but it, again, just kind of putting this out there because I know there are some folks paying attention to this hearing and I want them to know that they've been heard and that um, we're engaged with this process. Um, I can't commend you and your office enough for your willingness to listen. Um, Supervisor Ronan absolutely led on this issue. I've sung her praises from um, the high heavens, uh, uh, you know, to as, as much as, as I can, and will continue to do so because um, I think this is absolutely the right direction uh, for us to go right now, given the current economic climate. And uh, everything that um, uh, you all have done has been wonderful and appreciated, and I, I hope I don't seem like I'm looking a gift horse in the mouth, um, but. Uh, do want to uh, take advantage of the opportunity to try and, and do everything we can to uh, make it as inviting and enticing as possible for new businesses to open because we're, we're, still, we're still struggling. Yeah, I appreciate the feedback and we've been having conversations with Director Ting um, about uh, additional amendments and we're working with the city attorney's office on those. So we're hoping to have additional language in it by uh, next Wednesday when this is at Budget and Finance. Yep, yep, that's great. And I, I know there's a legal aspect and there's also administrative aspect. You gotta make it so it's like actually possible for the departments to execute on this stuff. So I know it's, uh, um, you, you got zeroing in between those three things can be challenging. But uh, again, thank you very much for all the work that you're doing on this. Um, is there anybody else? Okay, is there any public comment? There's one caller on the line. Okay, caller, please proceed. Hello, my name is Joey Mucha. Um, I am a small business owner here in the Mission District. I run an arcade rental business. I started it about 10 years ago, so it's really inspiring to hear all these legacy businesses talk about their 40-year uh, anniversaries, and, and I'm just a quarter of the way there. But I have been renting arcade games out to, to bars and restaurants for the last decade, and, and the game plan has always been to open my storefront. And I've actually kind of been working on a permit since 2018 um, and met some red tape with the discretion of review. Uh, and then the pandemic hit and people weren't allowed to go into bars and restaurants to touch arcade games. So I got put on hold uh, and then I also serve on the board of the Mission Merchants Association, and I, I heard about this first year free program, and it got me so fired up, uh, and I'm a big megaphone for it, so I commend legislation. It's, it's so inspiring to see the support from the city of small businesses. But then um, I went to look at the verbiage of it, found out since I applied in 2018 for this building permit, but I'm not open. I actually haven't even gotten the building permit yet. I'm still waiting on the invoice from the city, but my rough calculations they might, just my permit fee might be in the six-figure range, um, which is wild, because it's just a tenant improvement inside of an existing building that's 2,600 square feet. So just, you know, I'm, I'm really inspired by the, the first-year free program, but kind of in this weird spot where I won't benefit from it. So uh, hopefully there is some amendment that can accommodate my business and, and you keep pushing this program forward. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, so uh, 
Commissioners, I think it's time for a motion. I will move to approve uh, the uh, ordinance amending the program and, uh, and uh, with our, our thanks and gratitude to Supervisor Ronan. Motion, motion by President Laguana, seconded by Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. I'll read the roll. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Dickerson? Yes. Commissioner Herbert's absent. Commissioner Huey? Yes. President Laguana? Yes. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena? Yes. Vice President Zazunas is absent. Motion passes. Great. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. Appreciate you coming. And thank you, Amanda, as well. Next item, please. Item four, draft rules and regulations of the Legacy Business Historic Preservation Fund. This is a discussion and action item. The commission will consider the adoption of amendments to the rules and regulations of the Legacy Business Historic Preservation Fund grants to landlords. Presenting today, we have Richard Carrillo, Legacy Business Program Manager with the Office of Small Business. Thanks. Hi, Rick. Hello. Good afternoon, President LaGuana, commissioners. City staff, members of the public, I'm Richard Carrillo, Legacy Business Program Manager, SFGov TV. I have a brief PowerPoint presentation because I don't like that camera on me. <laughs> Before you today are two proposed amendments to the rules and regulations of the Legacy Business Historic Preservation Fund, grants to landlords, Administrative Code Section 2A243C. The grant to landlords is more commonly known as the Rent Stabilization Grant. The amendments are minor, but it's important to ensure that rules and regulations are monitored regularly and approved when needed. Article 1, Section 2 of the Rules of Order of the San Francisco Small Business Commission requires a 10-day public notice for all rules and regulations prior to action, and we did do a 10-day public notice period for these proposed rule amendments. Rule 11, notification of funding allocations to prior year qualified landlords. We are proposing to change the date from July 30th to August 1st, so the rule will read, on or before August 1st of each fiscal year, the Office of Small Business shall notify all qualified landlords from the prior fiscal year of the amount of the annual grant the landlord will receive for the current fiscal year when the qualified landlord reapplies. The OSB will also notify the legacy business of the annual grant amount the landlord will receive. The annual city budget is passed by the Board of Supervisors by July 31st, not July 30th, and it makes more sense to reach out to the rent stabilization grant landlords and their legacy business tenants the day after the budget is adopted, which is why we're picking August 1st. Rule 12, receipt of grant payment. We are changing the word vendor to supplier, making grammatical corrections, and making supplier setup mandatory, so the rule will read, to be paid, grantees must become city suppliers. The legacy business program manager may assist applications in completing their registration requirements for becoming city suppliers as needed. When the city went live with the new financial system five years ago, Vendors became suppliers, and becoming a supplier is the only way a landlord can receive the rent stabilization grant. We don't always have a contracted third-party vendor to bypass the supplier setup process. So getting set up as suppliers is mandatory. 
I would like to take this opportunity to say that the supplier setup process has proven to be difficult and time consuming for many business owners, which is not consistent with the city's equity goals. Many departments hire third-party organizations to bypass the supplier setup process so grantees can get paid more easily. So essentially, city departments go through time-consuming procurement and contract processes to hire third-party organizations, then spend city funds to pay those organizations to get around the city's own difficult supplier setup process. Sometimes that means less grant money available for small businesses. A simple solution may be to have an additional category in the financial system called grantee, in addition to the existing supplier and bidder categories. The third party organizations we're paying are simply requesting W-9s from grantees, so why can't city departments do that ourselves, instead of using city funds to hire nonprofit organizations to do that? It would be an easy fix in the financial system, in my opinion, so maybe perhaps the Small Business Commission could take up this issue as an action item in a future meeting. Rules regarding the Historic Preservation Fund are subject to disapproval of the Board of Supervisors. The Board of Supervisors can introduce an ordinance within 30 days of delivery to the clerk of the board and act on it within 90 days. Otherwise, the rule will go into effect. And I'm available for any questions. Thank you very much. Commissioners, any questions? Is there any public comment? There is none. Uh, Rick, I, I think, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for all your, your work on this. Uh, I think it's a very uh, sensible set of, of rule changes that will make the program uh, more equitable and, and more efficient. Um, so I'm, I'm inclined to uh, uh, support this. Um, uh, I will make a motion to approve the regulations as drafted. Second that. Moved by President Laguana, seconded by Commissioner Carter. I'll read the roll. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Dickerson? Yes. Commissioner Herbert's absent. Commissioner Huey? Yes. President Laguana? Yes. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena? Yes. And Vice President Zazunas is absent. Motion passes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rick. Next item, please. Item five, resolution making findings to allow teleconference meetings under California Government Code section 54953E. This is a discussion and action item. Commissioners, are there any comments or questions on this uh, resolution? Seeing none, is there any public comment? There's none. Seeing none, public comment is closed. I move to approve. I'll second. Motion by President Laquana, seconded by Commissioner Dickerson. Commissioner Carter? Commissioner Dickerson? Yes. Commissioner Herbert's absent. Commissioner Huey? Yes. President Laguana? Yes. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena? Yes. Vice President Zazunas is absent. Motion passes. Thank you. Next item, please. Item six, approval of draft meeting minutes. This is a discussion and action item. The commission will discuss and possibly take action to approve the August 22nd, 2022 and September 12th, 2022 draft meeting minutes. Commissioners, are there any comments or questions on the minutes? Okay, seeing none, is there any public comment? Yes. Please proceed. Hello, I'm Michael Petrellis, and I'm here to address the draft minutes. Um, as you know, uh, your first attempt 
at um, the draft minutes from August 22nd, um, you totally omitted what uh, the public had said. That was unacceptable. And um, the uh, buck needs to stop with the president, um, Sharke Luna. Um, it is outrageous that uh, the minutes um, were first prepared without any of our comments. And I believe that if I had not shown up at your, at your next meeting, that you would have okayed um, the minutes where um, all you did was list the names of um, the public speakers without the content of what we were saying. And of course, what we were addressing was the um, uh, um, uh, Castro Theater and the effort by the uh, people at Another Planet Entertainment to rip out the seats of the orchestra at the Castro Theater, and my sign refers to saving the seats. And um, I really don't think the minutes adequately reflected the trauma of um, those of us who were here from the Castro trying to save the um, seats. Um, that's really outrageous um, that our trauma was not recognized and that the president said things like, oh, this is just a placeholder. Don't get too concerned about the language of the draft. Um, it really added to the trauma that um, was in the community at that point, seven months after the announcement was made that APE was taking over the Castro Theater. So I'm glad that you have corrected the omission and have included um, the content of what we were saying. I want to address the uh, minutes from the following meeting, um, and it says that I read a written statement into the record. Um, I gave you a 150-word written statement. I did not read it into the record, um, and I do not see that statement here in your minutes as you are required to include it um, by city law. So I hope that you will take all of this into account and better preparing your minutes in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Noted. Just. I have the minutes. I have your statement on the website from the meeting. Okay. Uh, I'll make a motion to approve the minutes. Second. Motion by President Laguana, seconded by Commissioner Carter. I'll read the roll. Commissioner Carter. Yes. Commissioner Dickerson. Yes. Commissioner Herbert's absent. Commissioner Healy. Yes. President Laguana. Yes. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. Yes. Vice President Zunas is absent. Uh, motion passes. Great, thank you. Next item, please. Item seven, general public comment. This is a discussion item. Is there any members of the public who'd like to make comments on items not on the agenda? Mr. Yeah. Petrellis? Um, how do I set this up? I want to show one page from the BAR newspaper. Can I do it here or should I do it on the web?
Uh, could you start the clock? Thank you. Um, hi, Michael Petrellis again. Um, I'm asking the SFGovTV people to show for a few moments the Bay Area Reporter newspaper. I'm going to read the headline from their October 6th story. Castro Merchants Group declines to endorse another planet's theater plans. Uh, this appeared on the BAR website and will be in their newspaper uh, this week. Uh, back to me, please, um, SFGovTV. So um, what we have here is proof that Sharky Laguna misspoke. He may have lied when he said that the small businesses of the Castro were in favor of another planet. They, uh, uh, the businesses um, did not endorse another planet's um, letter calling for um, uh, support of them ripping out the seats. So um, it really needs to be addressed by this commission. What you were attempting to do on August 22nd on behalf of the small businesses in the Castro was, um, as I've said, traumatic, and as we see, did not have the support of the small businesses. On October 6th, the Castro Merchants Association rejected another planet's proposal. If you guys had passed your um, resolution, it would have been at real odds, to put it mildly, with um, what the um, uh, business owners in the Castro feel. Um, I am also here to call on Charky Laguna to resign. He was one of the people appointed by the mayor who submitted an undated resignation letter. Why did he do that? It calls into question his independence from the mayor. It calls into question the integrity of how he has conducted himself as the president of this commission. It is really unacceptable that he did not disclose his submitting an undated letter um, to, to the mayor, an undated resignation letter. Now, regarding another planet, um, one of the things that was in Sharky Laguna's resolution, uh, he misspoke and he said that another planet was having town hall meetings. They've held one. Since then, they've not had any transparent communication with the community. They had a serious setback at the Castro Merchants Association. Uh, they've also received a six-month continuance from the Historic Preservation Commission because they don't have community support, they don't have their act together, and um, we in the community are asking for the uh, Historic Preservation Commission and the Planning Commission to put the Castro Theater on their agenda now. We have waited in the Castro, in the gay community, since January to have the matter of APE's plans debated here at City Hall. Right now, we are going to wait another six months, 
March of 2023 is when the Historic Planning Commission will finally consider the matter. That's six months of more trauma, of more controversy, and um, as we have seen since the beginning of um, uh, this year, where Ape has not shown movies, there aren't gonna be any movies shown at the Castro Theater. We're not gonna have folks coming there, going to the bars, going to the small businesses, um, and spending money. This is really unacceptable. So um, if this commission wants to make amends, I don't think Sharky's going to give me the apology that we deserve. But if you would like to make amends for what has been wrong up to now, put it back on the agenda. Ask the small businesses of the Castro to come here and explain why they rejected Ape's proposal. Uh, finally, here's my new statement to be included um, in the record, 150-word uh, statement to be included. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. I'll, I'll just note for the record, my last name is pronounced Laguana. Next item, or uh, yeah, there's no, uh, no action required here. Next item, please. Item eight, director, uh, director's report. This is a discussion item. All right, good evening, commissioners. So a couple of updates. Um, one, regarding legacy business program, especially since we had legacy businesses here. Um, early October, the mayor signed uh, an ordinance uh, that we had worked on with Supervisor Peskin to waive the $50 application fee. So you'll no longer have to pay uh, $50 just to apply to be on the legacy, legis, uh, legacy business registry. So that was exciting news. So thank you, um, Rick and Michelle, for working on that in our office. Um, the second update, um, just wanted to make sure everyone was aware of the Shared Spaces program and some things happening um, coming up soon. So um, this week, starting this week, uh, businesses are supposed to start receiving um, the Compliance Advisory, which many of you got a presentation on this and it was called a, a Clean Bill of Health at that time, but is now a Compliance Advisory. So they're supposed to be going out in batches starting this week. Um, but of course, we had hoped that these would go out to businesses earlier so that they would understand what um, they needed to do uh, to meet the design guidelines. And then as a reminder, November 1st is a deadline for businesses to submit an application indicating they'd like to have their shared spaces continued on a permanent basis. Um, I know there's a lot of concerns about that as well as the compliance advisory going out um, so close to that November 1st deadline. So just as a reminder that March of 2023 is actually when businesses need to comply with the, um, the design guidelines for shared spaces. That's what was in the ordinance. Um, however, November 1st is to submit the application so that you are then paired with a case manager uh, from the shared spaces team that will then communicate with you one-on-one -on -one and back and forth um, about your particular shared space and the needs. So just wanted to make sure that was all on your radar because I do imagine once those notices go out that we'll hear a lot um, of questions and, and concerns from the small business community. Um, and then also wanted to update everyone that um, as we continue to make additions and improvements to our OSB website, we have now added to our starter guide section two new starter guides, one for pop-up events and also another one for street activations. So it was our attempt to try to um, get our minds around 
all the permits required for these two types of activities. And so I want to thank Carrie and Michelle and our small business permitting team, Morgan and Rachel, uh, for their help on this and trying to work with different departments on getting this information. It's a work in progress, certainly. So um, hopefully people will uh, benefit from these guides just to at least get you started. Um, on another note, I wanted to share that at the state level, we had been working on advocating for um, a continuation for uh, local jurisdictions to receive $4 of every business registration in the state. And this uh, previously, uh, it was $1 that we received and it went towards a disability access fund. So uh, we are thrilled to share that the um, $4, which was um, the increase in fees, it was going to expire. We advocated for it to be continued in perpetuity. And what this means for us is that we'll be able to not only continue offering our disability um, access grants for small businesses, um, currently offered at up to $10,000 in reimbursements for businesses to make accessibility improvements, we'll be able to continue that, I think, in for as long as those funds are available. So we're really thrilled about that, um, given the, the huge need right now for, um, for uh, grant funding for accessibility improvements. And then lastly, just to um, update you all on the legislative and policy front, um, you heard the presentation today about first year free um, extension and expansion legislation, and we are continuing to work on that as an office um, and um, through some of the commissioners uh, to um, continue um, working on those amendments. And then also wanted to point out that there was legislation recently sponsored to address some of the rolling gates that um, are on storefronts, existing rolling gates uh, that may not meet planning codes, transparency requirements, and those uh, potentially would be grandfathered in. So um, I know there's been um, some interest on that front, uh, whether grandfathering or moving forward, but this particular legislation addresses those that are in existence already. So those are my updates and happy to answer any questions. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. Thank you, Director, for such an efficient report. But um, those, um, you know, the pop-up guides, amazing and and i just want to give carry kudos also for the street vendor thing that's that's what we use now on the ground like that was so efficient like today i was in a meeting and somebody said oh look at what dpw did i was like uh-uh <laughs> this was carry from the office of small business no, uh -uh. so but it also helps like our organizations our cbo's on the ground create content like we do TikToks and blast them and it's just so easy it's like common sense like people understand them and so thank you, keep, keep them coming, keep them coming, because y'all simplifying and demystifying the complexity of doing business in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, and, and again, great um, shout out to Carrie, um, our Commission Secretary and Policy Analyst for being able to digest really complicated information, especially across agencies and distilling that um, to uncover the mysteries of opening a business in San Francisco. <laughs> Commissioner Carter. I want to report on a new business that opened on 3rd Street in the Bayview. We have Talio's Coffee and Tea that is now open for business um, at 4732 3rd Street. And also Cafe Envy is now open for breakfast. So if you are in the Bayview, they are open at 9 a.m. The old Monte Carlo? The old Monte Carlo. <laughs> yes, forever Monte Carlo. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Commissioner Huey. 
Um, yes, thank you. I was really excited to see the um, the email in my inbox about the the pop up guides and things like that. So, you know, street activations have been um, my joy and my pain this year as we've been producing um, Art Walk SF. And um, you know, my my goal for that and our organization's kind of goal for that has really been to help communities build capacity to be able to create more street activations on their own. And for street activations to also be of different scale and sizes, right? Because I think um, it's one thing to produce a big music festival, it's another to have a block party, um, and they're all super important right now. And I think what we've learned in this past year of putting these things together is one, it requires a tremendous amount of resources in terms of volunteer hours and even you know, financial resources. So you know, all of that information I've kind of um, put together and am happy to share and continue to share. Um, the other thing that I've learned is that people are so hungry for more of these. So we just finished one on Clement Street Oh no, we finished one on Clement Street and Outer Sunset. You were in Outer Sunset. I, I heard from many people you were there. And um, you know, I think every politician who came to, <laughs> to stage that day was very excited to see more of this and to see more, like, more frequency, more um, neighborhoods, more like everything. So I think this, hopefully this guide will be able to help the, you know, not just this program, but you know, this type of activity to really scale. Um, we've also been getting requests from people who just are our neighbors, groups of neighbors and neighborhoods who really want to see their small businesses um, grow and thrive. And so some of the best practices that we've seen is really to encourage people to have a meal in the restaurants that are nearby, really simple things. And, you know, it actually really does help. So thank you very much for putting this into a format that you know, can be shared with so many um, different groups. And, you know, it, then I don't have to go to, you know, 20 meetings <laughs> each month to talk about these things. We can, we can have a, a, starting, a starting block for this. So thank you very much. Great. Um, uh, looks like all our questions are done. Is there any public comment? There is none. Okay, seeing none, uh, public comment is closed. Uh, no action items here, so I guess next item. Item nine, commissioner discussion and new business. This is a discussion item. Great, Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. Director, I had a question. Uh, I know the city, citywide, we've, we've implemented equity and every department, our department has an equity subcommittee. Um, Commissioner Carter and myself, we serve on an equity council for planning. And what, what I, I just want to know, like, if we get any updates from other departments on, on their equity initiatives as it pertains to small businesses, um, planning is just like, in our eyes, is just leading the way. And typically, historically, in community, planning has been one of our biggest nemesis, for lack of better words, or, or just unresponsive. And, they are doing things there to, to change the culture from, from the director down. 
and it's exciting, it's refreshing, it's, it's helping small businesses, you know, they're allocating planners to, to underserved communities and, and we're getting responses like if we had an expediter or we had, you know, land use attorneys. So it's dope, it's, it's nice, it's refreshing. But what about our other departments, SFMTA, the tax collector's office, DPH? Um, I'm really concerned or curious, I, I, I don't know yet, right? Um, and I would like to see if our office can reach out to these departments and, and just see. And I know we're all at capacity, so I, I, I am not trying to like, you know, put it in that or frame it that way. But I want to see what's going on. And if I may respond, um, perhaps this is also worth a conversation with the Office of Racial Equity, and which is overseeing all of the different departments and our racial equity plans. Um, you know, if, if it's worth maybe either a conversation with them outside this meeting or here as well, what, you know, whichever um, I think suits your, your interest level. So just want to put that out there. Um, you know, certainly that's what that, that office was created for. Um, we're, we are obviously happy to have these kind of conversations. Um, and I think, you know, we, we were just kind of half joking about how Carrie put together, you know, all this information, demystifying information, like that is truly a part of, of being equitable in our services, right? If people cannot Absolutely. understand it Absolutely. and they can't get past, um, you know, maybe English is not their um, native language. We have to make things simple and easy to understand. So certainly, under, um, how should I say it? We understand that you know, even if we don't see it coming from certain departments, that our job then is to help play that role too. If, um, if, but if I could encourage, like, here, the more the Mary, the more times they come, like, this should be an ongoing, maybe, we're, I feel our department, maybe I have a bias, but I think we're leading the way, you know, domestifying information. I know Carrie, personally, you fought to, you know, translate information around the street vendor legislation so like things like that, like I want to hold us accountable, obviously, because that's what we can do. It's our purview, but also other departments because we intermingle and we intertwine. And like you just said, Director Tang, like m most of our businesses are true small businesses are from immigrants and monolingual. And what you doing for us, straight up? And I want to hear it. And I want to hear it here. I want to hold people accountable, on the record. Thank you. Commissioner Ewing. Um, just jumping off of that just for a second, I also want to say that like, even just simplifying things in general, even if it's not a language barrier, I, I mean, I feel like there is so much jargon for people to kind of understand that it really is intimidating. I mean, like most people, I think, don't speak the same language that's spoken at City Hall. And I think um, you know, our commission really does have kind of a unique place where we kind of operate in both spheres, right? And so um, I find myself oftentimes kind of translating, okay, this is what's happening, and like bringing that forth into the community. And so I think if we could, you know, kind of have some mechanism to run it by like lay people and say does this make sense does this sound like something like does this seem readable or understandable to you i think would be really um it it, it would make a world of difference so and i do think that what we have is is readable and for us to continue on that path um and 
are you saying our office is the best in the city? <laughs> That's what I understand. We're not not saying that. <laughs> I'm definitely saying that. <laughs> um, speaking of our office, one of the things that I was kind of curious about, just because I've gotten a lot of inquiries about about this, and I always I kind of bring it up a lot in conversation, is um, I'm curious to see how we can support the vacancy mitigation work that our office is doing. Um, I would love to you know, help support that, understand like where there might be areas that um, we or our networks could really um, help with that, and if there's a way that we could amplify the work that they do. Um, and also wanted to get everybody up to date on the survey that the survey so far has been super successful, I think, in my, my mind. I think, Carrie, we have maybe like 700 plus like respondents so far, and a pretty wide range of people. And I'd also like to note that Carrie has been single-handedly calling. She probably called 700 and something <laughs> businesses. So thank you very much for your outreach and um, you know, your persuasion, <laughs> your gift of persuasion. So I'm really excited. Um, the survey will close on October 17th. And after that, um, the team at San Francisco State and our team here will kind of go through dissecting that information and we'll have some really nice things. So um, I think also whatever information is kind of of interest to you, what, you know, feel free to, to bring that forth because I think you know we're just going to have a lot of stuff, and from last time, you can look at it a thousand different ways. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I had a reporter asking me about that survey, and I said it it takes a while to digest because the, all the different ways you can cross cross tab the the data is uh, you know can really lead you in a lot of different directions. Um, you know, uh, Commissioner Huey, you and I were were talking over the week about this, but for the rest of the commission. Uh, we are seeking more outreach and involvement um, from the Latino community, from the African-American community. I think we could certainly use more um, native Asian speakers. I mean, pretty much just everybody that is not an English speaker is highly encouraged. Um, and certainly English speakers are also encouraged, but like that is not where we're weak right now. Um, we're, maybe weak's a strong word, but like, it's not as big an area of opportunity for us um, in terms of, of survey outreach. Uh, I, uh, over the weekend, reached out to several supervisors to solicit um, their engagement, um, certainly to the extent that you have relationships with supervisors. Um, echoing that call, I think, would be um, very welcome. We have about a week. Uh, or so, a little less than a week now, so six days in, until we're closing the survey. Um, I think this, last time around, it was, so as far as I know, the biggest survey of small businesses that has been done in San Francisco, many attempts, but ours was the biggest. This is going to be bigger than that. Um, so I have a stretch goal of like, can we get it up to 1,000 businesses, which I think would be pretty significant, um, and I think we can do it if, if we just do one last um, big push. So I um, want to encourage everybody to, to help get the word out, and um, uh, because I think that this can uh, 
this information is used by legislators and aides for coming up with um, ideas. Uh, last time around, it's been a talking point um, for many bits of legislation that were proposed that came directly out of the survey. Um, and finally, I just want to thank uh, Commissioner Huey for her leadership on this um, and doing such an incredible job of, of getting it up and going again and, and steering it and working with per Professor Chowdhury and her team and uh, creating that partnership to begin with. Um, I think it's it's been uh, a real benefit to the small business community, uh, reflects well on this commission, of which I'm very proud to be a member, so thank you. Uh, Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. I was going to bring something else, but I just wanted to tell you, Commissioner, thank you. Yeah, last last survey, that data was just, I've never seen data like that. And, you know, I'm a data freak, so that was really helpful. Um, Carrie has brought it to our attention about the Latino community. We brought it up twice in the Latino Task Force, and my organization actually did a TikTok over it. So, you know, we be TikToking. So, I so, want to see that TikTok. <laughs> so we did a TikTok, but... um. We're going to try to hit the floor because um, we need that data because if it doesn't represent us, then we're excluded from the data. So I want to make sure the population I represent is in that because it's a dope survey. And then when we have all that data, seriously, it helps guide policy and legislation. With that, I was going to segue. I don't know if Dr. Germany, um has access, and this is maybe to director. I'm really concerned. This is kind of changing from the survey, but um, I know we have Ted Egan. He's an economist, but like an economist that that sees from an equitable lens, like you know, maybe reaching out to you know UC Berkeley Business School Haas. There's some Latino and African American, you know, economists. You know, I'm concerned. You know, I brought it up. Maybe even bringing the Fed to speak here. I mean, she's local. Why not, right? Like, cause, well, if you're seeing, you know the millions and millions of viewers, you know, make sure your Fed Reserve comes to the Office of Small Business and speak. But seriously, economists that um, sees it from communities, our communities, because it's a different, you know, our inflation rates are higher than whatever the inflation rate is. Our unemployment's always higher historically. And our small businesses, we don't have the same access to resource capital and et cetera. So that would just be great to have a different kind of presentation. And you know I love Ted, you know, when he speaks, that's truth and I love it. But we need something for our communities. Agreed. Director Tang. Uh, I was actually just gonna respond to Commissioner Huey's question about how um, the commission can support uh, work in commercial, addressing commercial vacancies. Um, so I, I neglected to mention that we are in the process of hiring um, a commercial vacancy specialist that would be housed within our office. Um, we've never quite had that position and I don't know that OEWD frankly had a specialized dedicated position uh, on this topic. So we're very excited about it and trying to, um, I think one of the first steps is to get the data points that are currently available which are not um, comprehensive on their own and really consolidating that and creating a, a much more comprehensive database so that we could do better matchmaking when entrepreneurs want to open up in a, in a vacant space. We can look at what is the business proposed use and what is on our list of vacancies and the zoning already allows for, say, 
someone who wants to open a restaurant and maybe there's already restaurant equipment there and we don't need to make that applicant or that business owner go through all these different hoops um, in order to get the business that they desire. Um, so that's just one example of how we hope to use that data. So I'll keep you all posted once we're able to hire this position and um, start creating some of the, um, the tools that will help us uh, with better filling commercial vacancies in the city. Great. Uh, Commissioner Huey. Uh, just speaking back to a possible guest speaker, do you remember um, I attended that virtual like conference or online kind of presentation from, I think it was researchers in Berkeley, right, where they did the... Yeah, <clears throat> I think it was, was, was asset funders? It might have been, and yeah. And then I think um, the Urban, Displa Urban Displacement Project? I think so. They mm -hmm. they did a whole kind of like data survey on um, businesses owned by um, BIPOC kind of owners, I guess, which is like not readily available. Like this information was like really hard for them to find. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of did almost like a, a heat map type of thing. And, um, and they came out with like all sorts of different types of information from that. Um, I can find that. I, I know, Carrie, you have the presentation. We can maybe like watch it again and see if there might be some things there that we can bring forth to this commission and see if um, they might have, you know, proceeded to do more research in that in that direction since then, because that would be really helpful. Definitely, I, I remember that helpful. And yeah, just again to forecast, because you know, as 2023 comes in, you know, economic indicators, there's a lot of data and a lot of you know stuff out there, but not how it pertains to our communities. And usually we get stuff reactive after the fact, but I want to show like potential economic indicators before it happens so our communities can make sound business decisions. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I, I know Dr. Um, you know, in her network, she's dope, so maybe <laughs> I'm always asking too much, but. I mean, I think it's good to be proactive and I don't, because if you start looking at, you know, economic kind of trendings and in the, for the general public kind of thing. I mean, small business is gonna reflect the same kind of thing. I think it's just gonna be more polarized, right? And we see that like in, in our small business community now. So um, I think the more support, the more that we can kind of understand, we can, because it's also nuanced too, I think. Things are not, I, I don't see that a blanket kind of solution for everything is going to be the, the way to go. So if we can tease out those understandings, I think that would be to our benefit. Great. Anybody else? Uh, so um, I want to bring up uh, something to everybody's attention, alloutsf.com. Uh, it is next week, 16th through the 23rd. On day two, we are having small business flash mobs. So organizing uh, flash mobs to go to small businesses and just buy the heck out of everything in there. Um, super fun, super cool. Uh, you can sign up for it at alloutsf.com. Uh, all um, and uh, there's like an Eventbrite thing and there's gonna be, I think, one in every district and there's captains and, and uh, Commissioner Huey is a, are, are you a captain? I'm going to be a Commodore. 
You, well, I don't, I don't know who ranks higher, but... No, I just like the sound of Commodore. It probably ranks lower, but like... Uh, uh, one other thing. Um, I don't have TikTok, uh, but I have Instagram Reel. So I thought uh, for the survey, uh, we'll just start it right now. I'm at the Small Business Commission meeting uh, here with my fellow commissioners and Director Tang and... Uh, uh, and Secretary uh, Bernbach, whose name I always garble. Um, and I just want to tell everybody about the Small Business Survey, uh, which uh, we have over 700 responses, but we need more, particularly from non-English speakers. So if you're seeing this Instagram reel, we need you. Yenal survey, Yenal survey. Yeah. All right, I'll figure that out, how to do that later. Um, so, uh, okay, any? I just wanted to plug Clement Street, since you're talking about All Out, San Francisco. Uh -huh. So I'm going to be on Clement Street for this flash mob. I am a captain. Woo! <laughs> um, we will be starting at Golden Hour, and then we'll be moving to Park Life, and then to Green Apple, and having drinks afterwards at High Treason. So oh. that sounds... Fun. I don't know where Sharky's going to be, but I, sorry. I think, I'm, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to take the recommendation to resign <laughs> and, uh, and join your... Uh, <laughs> join my flash mob yeah, on uh, Street. I, I like the drinks at the end in per particular. Um, but Green Apple, too. I mean, can I can't go books. into a bookstore without uh, walking out significantly poorer. <laughs> um, okay, anybody else? Oh, Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. President, I would like to request, if possible, um, if we can make memorandum today's commission to Raul Hernandez, the brother of Roberto Hernandez that passed away last week, mm. went to his funeral today. So just you can acknowledge that. Brother of the mayor of the mission. Um, I, I'll, I'll let you make that uh, uh, closing note. Um, do we have any public comment on... The commissioner comments. We do question. not. Okay, so uh, that item is closed. Next item, please. Item 10, adjournment. SFGov TV, please show the Office of Small Business slide. We will end with a reminder that the Small Business Commission is the official public forum to voice your opinions and concerns about policies that affect the economic vitality of small businesses in San Francisco and that the Office of Small Business is the best place to get answers about doing business in San Francisco during the local emergency. If you need assistance with small business matters, continue to reach out to the Office of Small Business. And uh, we will close today with uh, uh, Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena's comment. This is for Raul Dio Hernandez, Mission District, activist, legend, native. You will always be missed. Thank you. Thank you. Meeting is adjourned.